Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 982. You know, it's really important to just kind of dive in and get started. That's the that's really the biggest hump to get over is getting started and learn as you go and you'll figure it out along the way and hopefully find some success. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ethan Krieger. Hey, Ethan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Ethan Krieger is the owner and designer at 8380 Laboratories in Baltimore, Maryland. His studio is a motorsport-centric graphic design company where his focus is on client work and a line of automotive-themed apparel, accessories, and artwork. Ethan puts exhaustive research into every project, including his own line of livery posters, which are very cool. His goal is to capture the essence of our automotive obsession and to get that feeling we all have when we see that car that we love and we know is just right. Ethan Studio is also designed to produce his commissions work for his clients. So, Ethan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, great to be here, Mark. Thank you. Um, so, just uh, the kind of overhead view quickly. Uh, you know, I grew up loving cars, drawing cars and boats all the time when I was a little kid. And um, when I was a teenager, it, that turned into like cutting out pics of, from car magazines and covering <laughs> my bedroom walls. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I went to college and studied graphic design. And um, shortly after I got out of college, started working as a designer and um, as a fun side project in 2004 with one of the, my friends that I worked with, um, we started selling t-shirts on online actually on vwvortex.com cool. cool. and um just kind of on the side at work when we were bored and had some free time and we ended up selling the shirts online going to car shows and um i got some freelance clients along the way and after doing that for about four or five years um I ended up kind of splitting with my initial partner who started the business with me and in 2009 um it became my full-time employment and has been ever since then. So, um, as you mentioned, the focus is primarily motorsport design and apparel. Um, the majority of my time at this point is spent on client work. Um, and I have a client list that includes, you know, automotive retailers, race teams, manufacturers, shops, events. And, um, I also have the retail e-commerce side of the business with apparel posters, art prints, phone cases, and things like that. Lots of cool things. Yeah. That I've seen on your site. Well, you and I share a background. I was a graphic designer for most of my career and got to enjoy that part of my life. Uh, but also way back when I was in high school, a buddy of mine started designing and producing t-shirts. Now, this was back in the 70s. So we were doing the old silkscreen method, you know, where you would hand cut the film and totally. squeegee over the ink. Yeah. And uh, we would sell t-shirts to friends of ours in high school and go around to stores in town where I grew up and sell shirts and things. So uh, very fun that we share that background together. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is uh, some kind of saying that had a meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Ethan, take the wheel. 
Sure. You know, I think um, it's a pretty simple one. It's really, you know, showing up every day is kind of more than half the battle. You yes. Know, I, I, I think it's it's good to have talent, but that alone won't get the job done. You know, you have to work hard every day and keep honing your craft and be consistent. And I find that over time, you know, a lot of your competitors honestly just kind of fall away via attrition if you just continue to stick with it. Yeah. You know, this is a really simple concept, but a lot of people don't quite get it. And especially when they go into business for themselves, they think, oh, the freedom from the boss and all the worries. And well, not really. You, you just compiled a whole bunch of extra work on your shoulders. And if you're not willing to get up and do the work and work hard, you won't make it. And I even uh, I ran a business for decades and. I remember some people that just couldn't get to work on time. And I just shake my head and go, you know, just showing up is like 50% of the battle. <laughs> no, it really is. That's totally true. It's, it's, it's really, really important. Yeah. As, as obvious as that sounds. Well, obviously some work ethic was instilled in you that uh, tenaciousness and persistence. Uh, where did that come from? Was that from your folks or is that self-instilled? You know, uh, both my parents are uh, hardworking diligent, reliable people. So I think that that's probably uh, where it came from, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. My father had his own architectural firm his whole life. And boy, he was up early when I was up delivering papers. And he most of the time didn't get home in time for dinner because he was just working, working, working. Uh, so uh, yeah, hard work. He, he grew up on a farm in Texas. And I think that's where that work ethic came from. Most That definitely. sounds like a good place to learn some work ethic. <laughs> yeah. The cows, as my grandpa used to tell me, Never rest, and they never take a vacation. They're always there, needing totally. care. Cool. <laughs> well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment, as you remember it, that you knew you were indeed a car guy? Well, I, I don't know if it's one specific moment, but so I actually called my mom this week and, and asked her. I said, you know, can you remind me exactly where did it all start with me? So she, <laughs> cool. she relayed an anecdote uh, from when I was about a year and a half old, I was, she and my dad were pushing me in the stroller and we went into a toy store and uh, I saw a, a matchbox car and they, they bought it and handed it to me. And from that point forward, you could not pry it from my hands. <laughs> it went everywhere. It was always in my hands. And, um, you know, that was kind of where it started. And I think there have been certain influences in my life that have really cemented that passion. Um, mainly my family, my mom's dad, my grandfather was a major uh, motorhead. He had um, lots of American muscle. Um, probably the top of that list would be like a 67 GTX. Ooh. Uh, my dad's brother, <clears throat> my uncle Robert, is a big BMW guy. He has currently has a 2002 Turbo. Nice. Um, original owner E30 M3, Ooh. which uh, majorly captured my imagination riding around in that thing when I was like 10, 12 years old. No doubt. Oh, E30, yeah. yeah, E30 M3. Those are cool. And I know you have an E30, right? Uh, I did at one point. I actually okay. sold it a couple of years ago, but uh, I had it for for a while and and love that car. Yeah, yeah, um, they're cool. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my dad is also a, a a motorhead. He currently has a pretty heavily modified Mark IV GTI. So uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in my family there. I grew up going to um, Summit Point Raceway, um, which is in West Virginia, pretty close close to the area here, oh, yeah. and seeing the vintage races and you know. So, uh, I don't really, I don't race myself or collect cars, but, uh, my job is really my, my automotive outlet. You know, I feel yeah. like once I've illustrated a car and I've really captured, captured it, that I, that I own a little piece of that car and I'm <laughs> no kind of content at that. 
you know? Yeah, well, that's a that's an affordable way to have cars. That's like it is. It's, yeah, like it is. me, all the the dream cars I have, I have very nice models of them because you don't have to insure them and you can park them on your desk and yeah, those initial costs. So that's a good way to do it. Very cool. Now, is there any chance you still have that first Matchbox car? Uh, I don't, but I do have a. Uh, about four years ago, I have a three and a half year old daughter. About three years ago. My mom dug up all my old Matchbox cars and um, what was left of the collection and brought them up. So now uh, my kids, I also have a one-year-old son, so everyone plays with my old Matchbox ah, cars. Very cool. I've still got all mine. Uh, my, cool. my listeners have heard this ad nauseum, I'm sure, but I sitting right here on my <laughs> desk is my first Matchbox my dad bought me. It's a Jaguar XKE Coupe in red. And uh, I still have the box for it, too, which is even, oh my God. even crazy. But, uh, yeah, I remember the old Matchbox. I've got hundreds of them. Oh, my gosh. I keep making – maybe someday I'll have some grandchildren and I can hand those down to them. But I probably – being the nutcase I am, I'd be afraid they'd scratch them up. So Yeah, exactly. I, I need to relax a little bit and let them go slowly. <laughs> well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, Ethan, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. And, of course, these are lessons in life. They're very valuable and they're – even more valuable to share with others who might be going through the same thing. So tell us about one of those in your experience and how that helped you gain even more momentum to move forward after you dealt with it. As I mentioned earlier, I was working at an ad agency and uh, around the the economic downturn in very early 2009, I got laid off. And um, at that point, I had been doing 8380 on the side for about four years. And I decided that that was the time to uh, make a go of things and see if I could do it full time. Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of dove in and, uh, the first two or three years especially were very, very difficult getting traction, especially in hindsight now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I could not have done it without, you know, the support of my parents and my girlfriend and now wife, Julia, they were just very encouraging and supportive yeah. and, uh, really helped me kind of make it through that period. So, um, you know, I, I learned the truth of that quote that I shared earlier with you about, showing up every day mm-hmm. and it forced me to experiment and figure things out as I went and just kind of make it work. And that was a, an incredibly valuable lesson that still kind of is being paid off now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've heard this from many, many guests who've gone through challenges, either it's a career change, a pivot, whatever that might be for whatever reason. And having a supportive spouse and family around you is so important. And a lot of times you hear people that, you know, their friends go, what are you doing? Go, just go get a job. It's so much easier. Don't do that. You're going to fail. And having those those valuable people that uh, love you and you know care about you and are, are not going to steer you wrong. But what's one really big lesson you could share with somebody that might be facing the same thing? Maybe somebody that's thinking about going on their own or someone that just got let off and, and had a sidepreneur type thing going like you did. Uh, which was cool. Kind of got your feet uh, rooted in the ground there. What's what's maybe one thing you could share with them? I've talked to a lot of people before, you know, who are thinking about kind of making that leap. And the one really big piece of advice that I would give, honestly, is, you know, don't get too hung up on trying to perfect every single detail before you've even started. Hmm. You know, get the get the basics down. You know, make sure you've got a good idea and it, and you can execute it and it's feasible. And then just just do it. Yeah. Just dive in and, and and do it, and you'll figure out things as you go. And you know, trying to perfect things before you even know if your idea is is workable is is a waste of your time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a valuable lesson. 
I wish I'd known you, Ethan, before I started Cars. <laughs> yeah, because I spent so much time trying to make everything perfect. And I had set this uh, starting point for myself and it kept coming. I kept thinking, well, maybe I should just move it back. I, you know, I haven't practiced interviewed enough yet. And I don't have everything lined up on my website I built. And then finally I went, you know what? Just do it. Just take the Nike quote and do it. Yeah. And you'll learn as you go. And when I listen to those old interviews, the first ones, I cringe. Like, oh my gosh, I was so stiff and ugh. But, <laughs> but you know what? You're right. You just have to start doing and kind of, um, kind of practice the, um, fake it till you make it. I know is a kind of an overused term, but just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. People will help you along the way. And eventually, uh, you'll get your traction as you so well put it and uh, get going. I think that that quote is very accurate and it really applies here. Absolutely. Faking it till you make it. That's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. You kind of alluded to one there, but maybe there's another one where you decided what your design firm was going to be. Talk about that aha moment and tell us how it helped you move forward. You know, I think um, in general, I don't know if there's one super specific moment. It's been kind of a continuing evolution of learning kind of new lessons and taking advantage of opportunities when when I come across them. But, you know, I, I guess if I were to pick one thing kind of from that, I would say really think of every interaction as an opportunity mm. at this, you know, yes. when you're in this position, you have to kind of hold things up and shift it around and look at it at different angles. And you may find there's something there and it doesn't always end up well, sometimes it can end badly, but that's all information that you can use to help you down the road. You know, you never know when a simple phone call, email, whatever could turn into down the road. I think that that's, it's, you have to seize those opportunities. You know, you, you touch on something here that really <clears throat> resonates with me, and that is social media. Every communication you make with anyone could be seen by somebody you have no clue that could be a potential client or a potential deal, a potential business partner, whatever that might be. And you have to remember that because so often you see things people put out there and you, oh, I just scratch my head and go, why would you say that in public? Yeah. (laughs) It it could be a fraught landscape, totally. Yes. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, I have had so many people communicate with me because of this podcast or because of something that I put out there that I, you know, I think, wow, I would have never touched them if they hadn't seen that and be impressed by it or be touched by it or be uh, instigated to reach out to me on something. I just had one of those calls this morning that might even lead me to sit on a director's uh, committee that I just went, wow, that came out of the blue. And it was totally. because of something that I posted on LinkedIn. So uh, it's, a, yeah, really, really important uh, to really seize every moment because there are so many little opportunities out there that if you are not paying attention, could pass you by. Well, let's have a little fun again and talk cars. Now, what was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory about that. Sure. So th- this one actually is pretty involved. It's kind of a it's it's very uh, deeply interwoven with my whole story here. Cool. With, with <laughs> it's okay. Go for it. All right. So my my second ever car was a 1998 VW Jetta, hmm. and um, that was the first car that I could actually truly like modify and have some fun with and kind of, you know, experiment with. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, it ended up leading to a ton of long lasting friendships just from being on forums and things of that nature. You know, I I still have friends that from 15 years ago that all started because of that car Very cool. and, um, in no small way it led to the creation of 8380. So, um, 
a year after I graduated college, I was still looking for a job in my field. It was kind of tough sledding during that time. That was like early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And um, I made a post on the forum just asking like, hey, does anyone have any leads on a graphic design job? And somebody answered and he ended up getting me a job. Uh, so we both worked together at this uh, small ad agency and we both loved VWs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, you know, as I mentioned before, started kind of kicking around some ideas and coming up with fun t-shirt designs kind of in down moments. And, uh, we were thinking, man, you know what, you know, maybe we could do something with this. And, um, we went to a, a lecture by house industries, which is a graphic design. They do, uh, fonts and typographic stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of really renowned, respected guys. And they're also car guys. And, um, we went to this lecture and we both thought, man, these, these guys are doing it. Like we want to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> We immediately started putting our shirt designs out there and um, shared them on Vortex, VW Vortex, and 8380 was born. And um, so that's kind of how the whole thing started. And we ended up getting a feature in Performance VW Magazine in 2006, which is kind of the big um, magazine for that that community. And so that's that's my uh, first really great important special car. Well, you know, it goes back to what you said about seizing moments and seeing opportunities and being open to seeing opportunities because that car led to another, led to another, led to another thing that led to your business. And it's interesting to look at that chain. My wife and I, we got married. Our first new car was a Jetta GLI that we bought for her. And this was an 84 model, I believe that was. A uh, great little car. I love that car. Uh, we had our first child, our daughter, put her in the backseat of that car, drove it to many trips uh, around the country, and uh, it was great. I think we had it for like 10 years, something like that. So uh, I love those cars. Yeah, they're super. Well, yeah. how about a car you've owned that you've let go? Is there one that you really wish you had back, the old uh, seller's remorse story? There's only one, and I haven't owned that many cars, maybe seven or eight, but uh my very first car was a Subaru Legacy Station Wagon. It was just a family hand-me-down mm-hmm. beater that I back and forth to college. But once uh, once I had the Jetta, I ended up modifying it so far, so kind of so much that it was no longer daily drivable. So I bought a daily driver, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which was a 94 Legacy Turbo Wagon, which was a pretty rare car. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it was just very cool. It was awesome in the snow. Um, had a really cool kind of like checkered cloth interior. It was absolutely mint. I got it second owner. I was, it was like 55,000 miles. And, um, I ended up having to sell it when I moved down to Baltimore. I lived in the city for a couple of years and there was no space for two cars. So it was that or the Jetta. And at the time it, it had to be the, the Subaru. And, uh, I ended up selling it to a friend and it kind of died an ignominious death. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't mean I, to I laugh that at that part. death, but, but I like the way you put it. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I always, I, I, I always wish like, man, I, I wish I would have held onto that car. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Ethan, we all have those stories and I've heard 982 of them now. <laughs> so don't feel bad. We're all in the same boat. Uh, there's always a reason you have to let a car go. Well, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little more about 8380 Laboratories, all the things they can expect to find there, all the services that you provide and can provide somebody, and the kind of things that you're working on that have you very excited and fired up this year. Sure, absolutely. So um, the business kind of has two separate parts. I do um, client contract work, 
And um, I also have the, the e-commerce retail side of things. Um, I have a lot of really good clients that I work with. Um, I've worked with VW of America, American Endurance Racing, 034 Motorsport, Bimmer World, Lufttechnik. Um, I have a lot of clients that are VW events, um, European Experience, Vag Fair, mm-hmm. Eurohanger up in Michigan. Um, so I do pretty much anything. I, it doesn't have to be cars, but that's just what 95% of my work ends up being. <laughs> of know, course. That's yeah, yeah. your passion. Yeah, that's that's what I love. So that's what it ends up being. And um, there's also the, you know, on the as far as what you can see on the website that's for sale, um, I, I'm always rolling out new apparel designs. And those are kind of my pet projects. You know, I get, I get kind of um, a, a different kind of feel from each side of, you know, the business. You know, it's an interesting challenge working with clients and trying to um, kind of meet their needs. And it's a different creative problem oh, to yeah. solve. Yeah. And then for, for the, the stuff on the website, you know, um, that's kind of more of my pet projects and stuff that I, you know, maybe didn't get a chance to do with clients or, you know, something that I saw that I really wanted to illustrate or design or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so t-shirts, um, hoodies, posters, art prints, you know, and then some house goods like mugs and phone cases and pillowcases and, um, things like that. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I would encourage our listeners, if you love cars, go and check out 8380 Laboratories. What's your website? Uh, It's 8380labs.com. There you go. I'll make sure there's a link on Ethan's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. If you love cars, check out what he's doing because that's how I came across Ethan, how I found out about him. And uh, I tell you, uh, there's some really cool stuff there, uh, especially if there's holidays or birthdays or Father's Day or whatever coming up. This is the place to send those folks that never know what to get us car guys or car gals, because uh, usually what I say I want is a new Porsche, but uh, <laughs> that ain't going to happen, I don't think so. It hasn't happened yet, at least. Uh, I, I always ask, but you never know. One year, my mom made me a Porsche birthday cake. She said, you can have your Porsche and eat it, too. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty clever of her. But uh, when she said, I got you a Porsche this year for a little glimmer of a moment, <laughs> I thought maybe she'd won the lottery or something, but they didn't have lotteries back then. So, oh, well. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Ethan. If you were a car, an automobile, or a motorcycle, what would you be and why? Okay. So I'm obviously a big German car guy. Mm -hmm. But if I were a car, I think I would be an Integra Type R. Oh, you threw me off with that one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the reason for that, number one, is I think I'm very reliable. Okay. So the German stuff maybe takes a little backseat to the to the Japanese stuff there, and I'm maybe not the fastest or the the sexiest, but I, I still stand out. Fun, quick enough. So that's very that's nice. I, I appreciate you put some thought to that. I like it. I love it when I get an answer from people that is not what I expect, and the reasons are even better. So I appreciate you walking us through that Integra R. I like it. Well, Ethan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt. And mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. 
They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Ethan, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick Blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Okay, so this is from my dad, and it's not directly related to cars, but it can be applied to anything. Measure twice, cut once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think back to junior high woodshop. My woodshop teacher was C.C. Dixon, and I grew up in Southern California where we don't really have any accents, at least that's what I'm told. And he was from the <laughs> South, and I just I remember his voice to this day. Boys, cut, measure twice, cut once. And he'd always hold up his hand, and he was missing a finger. Uh, well, that, that's, that caught he, your he attention. Be a good person to learn that from. Yeah, yeah that caught your yeah, attention. You know, I learned that the hard way you know, in my early years with my Jetta because it ended up sitting on jack stands oh. in the driveway for uh, some prolonged stretches there. So Yeah, make it now. Yeah. I know. I've done the same thing. Now, how about a personal habit you believe has helped contribute to your many successes? I think um, having a strong routine that you can kind of fall back on ha- has been beneficial. You know, it allows me to kind of replicate uh, my daily kind of process and make sure that I'm, co- you know, covering all my bases. And you know, I think it's also important to um, always continue your education regardless what field you're in you know as for me it's my design education and just always pushing to improve yep absolutely how about a resource there are so many these days but is there one that you enjoy that you think our listeners would like this uh sounds like low-hanging fruit but instagram <laughs> yes. i follow tons of different artists from different disciplines and i spend a lot of time just kind of browsing around and finding inspiration in like really unexpected places on mm. instagram yeah, it's a fun, fun place to go and use. I've got an Instagram account myself, and I need to be more active on it. That's a discipline I need to instill in myself, uh, but I do like it. And I've met so many interesting people through Instagram and found so many cool sites, design, architecture, uh, cars, of course, uh, everything. It's it's great. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I'm going to have to go with Hans Stuck. Ooh, cool. Yeah. He, uh, 
you know, he's driven on the factory teams for, you know, the big three in German motorsport, Audi, BMW, Porsche. He's won, you know, virtually every major race that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, what I, from what I know of him, he's a super colorful character and, um, I've actually exchanged a couple emails with him in the last year. So I think he would be a, a good, uh, a good person to share a drink with yeah. plus he's german yeah so. yeah and i would love to have him on this show so maybe you could put in a good word for me since you know how to contact him i, I i've admired him forever and you just look at how he has stretched his career out so long driving for porsche and all different kinds of cars and racing i mean it's just he's an incredible guy so uh, yeah. we're lucky to have him around now how about a book is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy you know um I'm a fan of all forms of kind of transportation. And I recently read the Wright brothers by David McCullough. It's a biography mm-hmm. and it's just fantastically interesting kind of hearing the full backstory on how they became the first people to fly. Yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, in the grand scheme of, you know, human experience that, that discovery is one of the has to be the top one of the top three. Oh yeah, absolutely. The man. So well, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that book because it's the first time that book's been mentioned. And I've had I have a great place on my website called uh, Resources and uh, Guest Recommended Books, and I'll make sure that book gets listed there for you listeners to tap and enjoy. And all of these great resources will be on Ethan's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyad.com and type in Ethan Krieger, K-R-I-E-G-E-R, and you will find all the great links he has shared with us today. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to make you clear out your garage, and you can have only one cool collector car. You can keep your daily driver. I'm not worried about that. But money's no object. I'm buying you anything you'd like today. What's it going to be and why? This is a super tough question. Uh, I would initially narrow it down to two, but for the one. So it would either be a Shelby GT350, which is um, for someone in my generation probably a slightly odd choice. But the the (laughs) final choice would have to be an E30 M3 Evo 2. I grew up riding in my uncle's E30 M3. And since I was 10 years old, that has been my... My all-time favorite car. At this point, I've probably missed the window of ever owning one, unless the uh, the market does something mm-hmm. crazy. But um, you know, the the Evo Two was kind of the pinnacle, the final evolution of that car, and um, you know, it's the most successful touring car in history. Wow! And there is a very direct lineage from the, the modifications that were on those, you know, the street cars. Yeah. That, which eventually got homologated under the race cars and it's just the coolest it's just the coolest car ever to me so i would be happy with that well you know the e30 m3 is a little more affordable of course uh because not as rare i'm wondering if you could get one of those and then modify it into an evo 2 is that something you'd ever have an interest in doing yeah i mean i, I could uh you could potentially do that okay I, maybe yeah. well you mentioned a shelby gt gt350 and the reason i say that is I had a Shelby GT350, but it was a oh, did you? it was a clone. It was a car that a okay. guy built with his dad. His dad worked for Ford back in the day and got all the components from Shelby and put them on a shelf and kept them for decades. And then they finally built that car. And then his father passed away, and the car set for 14 years. And then I found it and bought it and drove it every day for a couple of years until someone offered me crazy money for it. But uh, yeah, the, and I'm not even really. American car kind of guy. I mean, I love them. I admire them, but I'm more of a European car guy. But, totally, me too. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that Shelby, it was a blast to drive. It, it it had a wonderful motor. It made all the right sounds. It was loud. My wife couldn't stand it. But uh, 
But every time I got gas, everybody became my friend. They want to come over and talk about that car. So I understand. But uh, E30 M3 Evo 2. Okay, I will get to work. That's going to be a tough one. You uh, gave me a challenge <laughs> yeah, today. Keep working. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll keep my day job. Uh, definitely. Oh, my goodness. Well, Ethan, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Shell listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the road in that E30 M3 Evo 2? Well, you know, this kind of dovetails back into what I had mentioned before about if you're thinking about taking on a new project, whether that's, you know, uh, a smaller project or starting your own business or whatever, I think you know, it's really important to um, just kind of dive in and get started. That's the that's really the biggest hump to get over is getting started and yeah. and uh, learn as you go and you'll figure it out along the way and hopefully find some success. There you go. And you know, you I mentioned it before the word sidepreneur, which I'm a big fan of. If you're working in a career that you don't really love and you see something you'd like to do, you can you know, there's a lot of extra time in a day when you get home. Keep the TV off and start working on that sidepreneur job, if you will. That's what Ethan did. He had this little thing going on the side. And you know what? It evolved into a business. So uh, you can do it too. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Ethan has shared on his show notes page, including a link to his website. And could you share that again? And also uh, other ways people can follow you. Sure. Uh, website is 8380labs.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at 8380laboratories. Uh, on Instagram, it's at 8380laboratories. That's all one word. And email is info at 8380labs.com. There you go. Well, Ethan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive experiences with me and the listeners. It's been great fun talking to you. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot, Mark. I really appreciate the opportunity. The pleasure's been all mine. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!